0: Welcome everyone to an all new episode of the Comic Multiverse where the worlds of nerds meet. I am your very tired, very overtaxed this week host. In fact, by the time you all hear this podcast on Wednesday morning, I will already be in transit to the New York Comic Con. (laughs) And oh man, do I need a freaking vacation from this work vacation that I'm about to take. But enough of my white people problems complaining. How you doing, Matt?
1: I'm doing really well. I'm probably a lot more energized than you are but but of course that's like the time difference uh-huh. and everything <laughs> but uh yeah sense. i'm doing pretty good
0: <laughs> it's been a pretty solid week out there if you're a comic fan and nerd online we got the luke cage show which we of course are going to talk about at the tail end of this episode where we would usually talk about the comics we read for this week we're going to turn that into a luke cage spoiler cast i figure that would be a nice little gift to leave everyone because matt and i both finished the show in relatively good time why the hell not right yeah why not and the other good thing if you were a nerd online this week uh, Mr. Plinkett and Red Letter Media put out a new review have you seen it yet
1: I haven't seen it Yeah, I haven't had time to watch it yet but I'm planning on watching it maybe a little bit later on tonight It's it's long it's an hour 40 I mean shit
0: watching one of those is like a movie in and of itself yeah yeah I won't spoil anything he says But me. You no, know, you think that's hilarious. You should read the comment sections, as always. I think this <laughs> I think this video hit people in a way that Mike and Jay were not expecting. Yeah? They rustled a very particular set of very strange internet jimmies, which I was surprised. Again, I won't spoil oh, it for you.
1: Fantastic. I love it when they
0: do that. <laughs> I, I know you do. Again, and this is like a group where it's like, you know, really? Really? Okay. Whatever. All right. <laughs> hmm. And if you remember, too, in the great trailer, in the lead-up to this particular Plinkett review, there was that great trailer they put out where, you know, Plinkett wakes back up and then it's just one giant long piss take. Mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> you remember that one? Well, they top yep. it in this one.
1: Oh, excellent. <laughs> they
0: they up the ante in a big way, in the only way they possibly could. <laughs> All the jokes are back and some new jokes, too. It's, it's a good, good time. If I was to give my review of the new Plinket thing, I enjoyed it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Uh, what else did you
1: have going on this week, Matt? Anything particular? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, not, not really. I, I had a pretty chill week. I'm on sort of a vacation sort of week at the moment, so I haven't really been doing much besides catching up on TV shows. I made mm. a bunch of... Uh, New videos that I'm going to be putting out soon and and one that went out recently uh, Which is actually getting a lot of attention and is uh, people are actually really liking it and wanting me to do more of them So I'm probably going to do more of them.
0: Is that the most uh, misquoted Superman story?
1: Yep, I saw that that was good work. That was a
0: good idea for a video very clever very clever indeed
1: Yeah, well, I was getting kind of tired of people misreferencing it and everything, so I thought I might set the record straight on it.
0: And we sure do. Uh, uh, Yeah, I I guess with that, uh, we can just hop right into the news this week. And there's a fair amount of stuff, some from this week and some from last week, that I think was worth talking about. Uh, Perhaps the biggest one is uh, that the Ben Affleck Batman movie officially has a name now. Have you heard about this, Matt?
1: I have. It's just called
0: The Batman. The Batman, which, this is a personal pet peeve of mine. I have never liked it when they call Batman The Batman.
1: It is really weird, because it it, it makes it sound like he's something not human, but then he has man at the end of his name, and it's, it doesn't make any sense. It's and... such
0: an oxymoron. I never even liked that cartoon, The Batman, and the title totally turned me off, too. I'm like, what do you mean, The Batman? Of course he is Batman. He is a thing, he is a guy. This isn't one particular Batman you're talking about, it's just THE Batman. <laughs> I mean, heck, even Heath Ledger's Joker refers to him as that in Dark Knight, and that was the thing that made me raise my eye, it was like, we got to kill the Batman.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it. Yeah, as you said before, it's kind of an oxymoron.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, yeah, it's it's so weird. But you know, whatever. titling aside, at least Batman's in the title. That's pretty good. At least we finally reached a point now where our heroes can actually have their names in their titles
1: for DC. That's that's not too bad. You know, every it's every, true.
0: Every little step helps.
1: Uh, yeah, everything little has, and if you, I don't know whether you've noticed as well, but since like uh, after Batman v Superman came out and everyone really hated it, and they've sort of changed everything, Again. you know, with Jeff Johns being whatever he is, we don't really know, and all this other stuff, they've been a lot more, I guess, open. They're trying to be about, uh... Uh, yeah, but um, then that sort of it, they could be too open as well and reveal too much, and yeah, it's it's really weird what they're doing there. They're doing all those like we've seen those um that shot recently of uh, Zack Snyder mm-hmm, but- doing like those storyboards or whatever some reason where he's wearing a Batman gauntlet for some reason. Yeah, yeah.
0: Apparently that yo bro, this is how I write, bro. This is how my creative juices get flowing, bro. I gotta put it- the back glove on.
1: As someone said to me on Twitter, it felt really staged.
0: (laughs) Oh, I mean, of course it is.
1: It's funny, too, that it's like he's sitting there
0: with the storyboards, but he's sitting there in, like, an artist stance. Like, you know, like, he drew the storyboards, and I'm like, are we really supposed to sit here and think that Zack Snyder drew those?
1: Well, when we went, someone actually zoomed in on them, and they were just literally stick figures, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yo, bro, and then the Batman fucking comes in, you know, he just pimps on in with his Bat car. It's called the Batmobile, Zach. whatever, whatever. He comes pimping Yo, We're gonna change
1: it, we're gonna change it, we're gonna... He's gonna have big
0: fucking guns on the front, man. And... <laughs> and then, you know, Deathstroke, you know, he's a badass ninja motherfucker with no eye and shit. You know, he's basically Ron Perlman meets Steven Lang, and he comes on yeah. in, and he's all old yeah, shit. And they
1: put him in CrossFit, and... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yo, but he's jacked as shit, bro. I hope I'm that jacked as shit when I get to be his age, bro. <laughs> and everyone's like, this is this is great, Zach. You're, you're doing a bang-up job as
1: everyone slowly backs up out of the room. Yeah, they, they just go back to shooting the film while he's over in the corner drawing.
0: <laughs> hey, everyone, can we get Zach some crayons? He did some great pictures. Now, you color those, Zach, and we'll put those on the Warner Brothers fridge. <laughs> okay, bro, I'm going to color the shit out of these pictures, bro. You'll see... It's going to be great. <laughs> I, I like uh, I like that voice I do for Zack Snyder is literally just the douche from Sausage Party. The irony being is that I was doing that voice long before I ever saw Sausage Party. <laughs> I think that Seth Rogen movie ripped off my impression is all I'm saying. <laughs> my weird, over-the-top, flanderized impression of Zack Snyder.
1: Well, that's what uh, – you know, that's what – Seth Rogen said in an interview, he, he listened to the co- comic multiverse and was like, I like what that Joel guy does with that sort of bro grito voice.
0: <laughs> well, hey, apparently we cast a larger shadow than we think. Matt, because wasn't there another piece of news that came out this week, you know, uh, who, what will the group of villains be to tie all the CW heroes together when we, next we see them in a big crossover? We joked, hey, shouldn't it be the Dominators? Aren't those some cool villains who aren't used in enough stuff? Well, it's going to be the Dominators.
1: I know. I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, someone, someone's like tapped our phones or something. Mm. or like, These guys know what they're talking about. Let's, let's listen to them where's our money man i know and it's not even like i'm trying to be like
0: uh captain scoopy over here or anything it's not even like i have some insider information or anything i'm just ai guess we're just both really good guessers
1: yeah yeah it i don't know it came out of nowhere as well it really did i mean i it was just interested. something we were just talking about like hey dominators because they were in the new green lantern comic mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and like a week before too it came out yeah It was shocking. It was really, really shocking. I I really hope there's some shadowy, like, movie boardroom out there, like some CW boardroom, where they hear this show and they're like, who the fuck told them? Where's the leak?
1: Yeah, we 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 gotta get it out now before they start telling us more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For real, man. Which, shit, I guess if the Dominators are gonna be in the CW universe, that pretty much means there's a good chance Green Lantern could be in there.
1: Well, it's possible, yeah. I mean, is it... I, it isn't it one of the villains in Legends of Tomorrow something related to Jay Garrick, his son or something? Well, one yeah. of the members of the JSA or something? Obsidian or something? Yeah,
0: Obsidian to which I'm like, okay, that's pretty freaking huge if you're going to have basically a Green Lantern family character in there. Maybe that's their way of having Green Lantern without really having Green Lantern. Where it's like, well, we'll do old yeah. Green Lantern where he's magic, not uh, science fiction.
1: Yeah, and we've already kind of sort of not really had how jordan in arrow there was oh, that no. like slight cameo of some guy wearing a bomber jacket that said jordan on it. Oh, pff.
0: more more, <laughs> more arrow being arrow i love to i actually watched the trailer for the newest season of arrow not because i like the show or anything but because cody rhodes is going to be in it and i've been following his career quite closely <laughs> and i guess he's going to be like a villain in the first couple episodes And as I sit there and watch the trailer, he's just like, you know, maybe we should go back to killing. Maybe we had it right in the first season when we killed people. Oh, no. (laughs) And, like, one of the guys on his team, his new team, is literally just Casey Jones. Really? literally just casey jones i'm like who the fuck is that guy supposed to be and they're like oh vigilante i'm like really really you're doing a tv version of vigilante even the comics don't like vigilante (laughs) or maybe it was supposed to be warrant or any of those other it might have been warrant for all i know either it was either vigilante or warrant it was one of those characters where you're like really But, and also, too, apparently the villain this season is going to be, like, Prometheus. Oh. But he looks... Gotta call those Batman villains, man. Yeah, God forbid Green Arrow should fight actual Green Arrow villains, am I right? Oh, yeah. And I'm sure someone in the comments is already writing, But Joel, what about Cry for Justice? Green Arrow fought Prometheus in that story. Oh, you mean in one of the worst Justice League stories ever told? Yeah, that's yeah, great. That's
1: not, that's not a Green Arrow story, it's a Justice League story. That
0: happened to involve the Green Arrow family. Yeah, you, yep. you, you just can't start pulling points from wherever. Where it's like, but Nazi Batman had goggles, so goggles are fine. Yeah, that was an Elseworlds Nazi Batman. <laughs> Ex- yeah, exactly. You don't get to hold that up and say, no, but it's right because of this. No!
1: <laughs> that's fact, not how it works. <laughs> in fact, it lends
0: further credence to it being wrong. You just shot your own argument in the foot. <laughs> God damn, what were we talking about again? Oh yeah, The Batman. (laughs)
1: We were talking about Batman.
0: (laughs) But yeah, The Batman. That, That should be okay. There's a title. Batman's in it. I like it. Uh, moving on from that, uh, we have some other news this week that, you know, set, uh, set the internet and comment sections ablaze, again, over what I can only call very silly, silly reasons, and that is Greg Rucka, in an interview, came out and said, as far as he is concerned, Wonder Woman is officially bisexual, and in my mind, when I read that headline, all I could go is, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah kind of makes sense it, it, here's the, here's the thing i don't know how anyone else's headcanon works but in my mind wonder woman has always been bisexual it's the only way it kind of makes sense in fact this isn't even the first version this year of the character that has explored her as possibly being bisexual
1: yep earth one did it as well
0: i'm pretty sure bombshells did it too if i'm not mistaken yeah, pro- probably. And everyone's treating this like this was huge news. Or it's like, whoa, can you believe, you know, this huge, you know, bomb that went off? Can you believe that, you know, they finally came out and said it? Did you not read the second issue closely enough? <laughs> Literally in issue two, Rucka makes a point of coming out and saying, oh, yeah, and uh, Wonder Woman had a bunch of girlfriends while on the island.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they, they do it for everything. Like, they did it back when the new 52 said, um,. Alan Scott was going to be gay and everything. Like, whoa! You can't do that. It's against the character. I'm like, really? People care about Alan Scott for real. It's it's a ama- <laughs> it's
0: amazing, what gets people's dander up online. I mean, r- yeah. r- Really, I can't even say this is a great move for diversity because in my mind, I'm like, but she's always been that way. As far as I'm concerned, just because it's new for you doesn't mean it's new for me.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: That's That's the way I look at it, I mean eh, sure, I mean at least it's nice that Wonder Woman can come out of the invisible planes invisible closet for just a little bit and uh, you know admit in you know, a very Greek way, hey, I'm just a sex person, you know, I just like it all, you know it's all good. <laughs> And, and like, sure. I mean, I guess if I wanted to play, you know, devil's advocate on this one, and I'm not talking about like all the horrible internet homophobes, but you know, maybe someone who would say, well, don't, don't you think it's, don't you think straight women should have, you know, uh, like good role models to look up to? Why is it that most of the strong comic book female characters these days all seem to be gay? And to that, I just kind of shrug my shoulders and go, eh, I, I don't really know how to answer that question
1: yeah yeah it's true it's it's a difficult question
0: to answer in fact you know i know we have a couple female fans out there who i'm sure uh have their own strong feelings about that so instead of talking about it i am actually willing to listen and i'm going to read the comments when i'm away and i'm going to hear what the female fans have to say and we can talk about that how's that sound matt that sounds good there you go and uh speaking of cool new things Uh, Steve Orlando, it was announced today in a series of different little tweets there from DC Comics that he will be penning a series of Justice League of America one-shots, including (coughs) Vixen, The Ray, The Atom, and Killer Frost.
1: Yeah, so apparently they're going to be either the whole team or parts of the new mm-hmm. JLA team which is pretty interesting.
0: It is, it's also surprising cuz I know you and I Matt were working under the same assumption that the JLA team we were going to see in DC Rebirth was going to be the old Justice, you know, or the or, or no, or that we thought like maybe Justice League of America was going to feature the Justice Society team because they had made such a big deal about them in DC Rebirth Universe, number one, and how, you know, oh, the old team is out there somewhere, they're just lost. But this is an interesting idea, too, because essentially what they're doing here is they've made JLA into the TV-adjacent team.
1: Yeah, it's some of the stuff I like, but some of it I don't like. I don't like um, the Atom, which is... Um, Ryan Choi. Not, uh, yeah, not Ryan religion. Choi uh, continuing his stuff from the, the Rebirth special. He's literally just wearing the Atom armor from the TV show. He is, he is. They've totally changed it around to make it look like the TV show. But
0: honestly, I'm excited to see Choi show up because I want to see them finish that storyline. Because if you'll remember from DC Universe Rebirth, the original Adam Ray Palmer is like, hey, I'm trapped in the microverse, but I found some. I found some shit that's going to pop your eyelids, man. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm really interested in that as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Vixen is cool, I always thought she had a good power set And I have fond memories of her from the Justice League uh, cartoon show So it's nice to see her in something Uh The the Ray is an interesting choice They are clearly priming the shit out of him for big things What with the animated series he's going to have And now out of nowhere, boom, you're on a Justice League team
1: Yes, I think something's going to happen with that character.
0: You would think so. And then Killer Frost, who has been standing in an interesting sort of like limbo as a character, where it's like, okay, we tried to make her a hero once before, and she was getting really popular on Flash, or at least a version of her was getting quite popular, and now we're going to get ready to try again by making her a good guy.
1: Yeah, that seems pretty interesting. I
0: wonder, too, if they're like, well, we can't have Captain Cold on this team. Even Captain Cold is really popular on television because we might want to make him a villain again in the comics. So who's another ice-themed villain who's connected to the TV shows we can put on the team? Ah, Frost, of course. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now, one thing you'll notice about this team is they're missing a Superman-type character and they're missing a Batman-type character.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see... Like if they're even going to have any of them, or if it's just going to be like this team of kind of CD-less characters.
0: Yeah, like lower tier, but with lots of room to grow. Here's my theory: if Orlando is writing these one-shots, what else does Orlando write? Oh, Midnighter and Apollo. Wouldn't it be awesome if the Superman and Batman of this new Justice League of America
1: team was Midnighter and Apollo? And that would that would that would make us. Uh, That will sort of confirm something else we said where we want them or we think they're going to be on a team as well.
0: Exactly. Be like, look, if you want to keep these heroes from this other universe going that never quite got a chance, then this would be a smart way to do it. Let them be front and center, but also let them back up and prop up some, you know, lower lower tier leaguers.
1: Yeah. We also have... um uh the superwoman as well lana mm. lang running around so she could be on the team as well yeah, and
0: she's not on a team yet i would also argue uh i guess Shazam's not on the justice league anymore this might be a good fit for him
1: yeah well what's his deal where the hell is he he just fucking disappeared in between dc <laughs> rebirth and that <laughs> he's, he's hanging out with superboy in limbo
0: <laughs> he's grounded is what he was cuz he's just a little kid he was grounded <laughs> He's not allowed to come out in superhero, at least not until that Rock Shazam Black Adam movie comes out. <laughs> and then wait until everyone says that Shazam was always super important to the DC universe. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of good people you could put on this team. You know what? Let's not put Martian Manhunter on this team. He's, he's been on enough team books that didn't make it. As much as I love John Jones, I think he might be the kiss of death for a lot of these books.
1: <laughs> yeah well that's the thing like he's really popular now because of the supergirl tv show mm. so like you, you think they they might put him in the book or something maybe here's a here's a shocker for you too if these are all the cw tv adjacent characters why
0: is green arrow not on this team uh he's busy fighting lumberjacks he's fighting, lumberjacks and he's fighting them lumberjack oh i love that scene so goddamn much When Green Arrow and his sister fuck over those angry lumberjacks who are like, man, they're taking our job, you know, fucking Silicon Valley, I tell you what, (laughs) it's like a man can't make a blue collar living anymore, and Green Arrow just pimps on in there, and he's like, look guys, I'm really sorry the shifting economic markets has hurt your ability to earn, but at the same time, you're breaking the law, so I'm going to beat you up now. (laughs) it's totally the sort of moment where if this was like hard traveling heroes days and Green Lantern was hanging out with him he'd be like hey why are you hassling those true Americans there Ollie and he'd be like they're breaking the law can you not see (laughs) 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 that was good stuff I like that book I like that scene quite a bit but yeah that's that's the JLA book color me interested I don't know if I'm going to review all these little tie-ins but once they all come together in a book I would definitely be interested in reading
1: all these characters together yeah yeah it's definitely a really interesting way of setting up this team
0: yeah definitely well i think in a lot of cases uh the writers need to remind people who the hell these characters are and what they can do that's true and this way the main book doesn't get bogged down in origin stories It mm-hmm. it is actually pretty smart to do like little one shots all leading up to them coming together yeah it's very smart and you know we're, we're big boosters of orlando here on the comic multiverse, so, you know, we wish him the best and we hope he gets some good shit out of this. Actually, I think he might be at New York. I should, I should come say hey to him. Ooh, if uh, Midnighter and Apollo comes out that week, I should grab a copy of that and get him to sign it for me.
1: It, it comes out this week. It does. That's going to
0: be good. I don't know if I got enough room to review that or not. I'm falling behind, but I really, really liked that Midnighter run.
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this book.
0: Shit, it's it's gonna be time soon, Matt, when we have to make up our list of the best comics of the year. Would you put Midnighter on that
1: list? I would, but like, ju- just thinking about that list is giving me a brain aneurysm because there's so many good books this year
0: that they all sh- seemingly shoved in near the tail end of the year, didn't they? Like, it's gonna be hard. Yeah. To pick my favorite thing in DC Rebirth right now, like, uh, but, but Superman is great. Oh, but there's so many great Superman books. I can only pick one. Uh, but Green Arrow is my favorite, and he's doing really, really good right now. Oh, but Nightwing's back again, and Nightwing's really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Detective Comics might be the best team book I've read in a long time. Oh, but I can only pick one. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to cheat and be like, all oh, the Bat family of books, all oh, the Super family of books. <laughs> no, Joel, you gotta pick just one yet (laughs) all right so moving on from that to some movie news uh mark millar or is it miller i can never say it right matt i've gotten into full arguments is it millar yeah see i was talking to someone just last week who swore up and down to me that it was miller
1: well it's lar at the end so la yeah
0: millar Millar. miller millar tomato tomato well apparently (laughs) Uh, he's already working on casting his next big movie project. I've stated on the show many times before, I actually like the movies based on Mark Millar's uh, work more than I like the comics sometimes. Yeah, they're usually often better. (laughs) They are, for whatever reason. Either the tone or the mood is better, or they fix the ending. I don't know what it is, man, but the movies they make off of it are a lot better. Maybe it's just because his director collaborators are really awesome. I mean, it's usually the same guy for everything. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, so apparently he's already working on his next project. We don't know what it is, but we know that he's interested in wrestler John Cena for the project.
1: Yeah, and, uh, yeah, the project is superior, and I, I, I actually own a copy of that. They, and they think
0: it's superior. Some people yelled at me and said it might be Huck when I was
1: talking about this, but
0: it's probably it going to be superior.
1: Yeah, I, I think it is superior because he has been talking about that movie being made being made into a movie and uh it 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 owns itself to a movie because it's a really cool storyline it could be re- it's like a really fun superman story yeah you're a, you're a like a fan. lot of comedy a lot of comedy in it and hmm. it, it's kind of kind of terrible what happens in it as well so you got like the drama the comedy the action it's got everything it's got
0: everything a good superhero movie should have in this day and age
1: yeah and 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 John Cena would fit it real well, because if you don't know the, the the story of Superior, it's about a kid who turns into a comic book character called Superior. Huh. He,
0: he,
1: he gets given a wish by some monkey who turns out to be a demon and takes his soul. A, a little um, like it, Shazam, huh? A little bit, yeah, yeah. But uh, it, It's it, a monkey it instead of a tiger. It in our real world. Yeah, yeah. Interesting,
0: huh. And I mean, geez, for anyone who has watched wrestling or is even tangentially aware of wrestling will know, John Cena is compared to Superman all the goddamn time. He's super positive, super pure, never been heel, or at least hasn't been turned in a long time. Always kicks out at two, always salutes and always supports the troops. Hustle loyalty, respect. (laughs) Which is the dumbest tagline ever, because how can you hustle while also being loyal and showing respect, Matt? I ask you that.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Uh,
0: hustling basically says, I'm going to try and screw you over and get what I got to get. You know, that's that's a good hustle. How can you hustle <laughs> while also showing loyalty and respect, I ask you? <laughs> Mark Millar will find a way when they write this movie. Superior, hustle, loyalty, respect, coming summer 2020. <laughs> Honestly, you know, the thing about Cena, I don't know if you've noticed, Matt, but he's actually, again, he's getting up there in age, which means he can't, you know, uh, take pile drivers anymore and can't, you know, be doing bumps like he used to. He's trying to transition into more movies, and I gotta say, he's not a terrible actor. He might actually, if he keeps this up, he could have a rock-esque career.
1: He could, yeah. He's actually a really funny guy as well. Train wreck. Like he had
0: a he had a hilarious yep. bit in Train Wreck, that Amy Schumer movie. He even showed up at the end of that uh, terrible Marky Mark Will Ferrell movie, there. Daddy's Home, and he was pretty good.
1: Yeah, he was in some uh, Tina Fey movie as well. I can't remember what it was, but he was like a drug dealer in that, and he was really funny in it.
0: Yes, I remember that one. That was uh, was that date night with uh, Tina Fey and Steve Carell. <sighs>
1: I, uh, I don't know. I don't. I, I knew it was recent. Yeah, not sure I what it was.
0: Yeah, I remember that he was all tatted up and everything. Yeah, he he's kind of chanting Tatum-ish in that way, where it's like, dude, you're built like a brick shit house, but you should really only do comedy. You're really funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's done action movies as well. He's in that. Um, he did some WWE movie like a mm. long time ago. Can't remember what it was called. Oh, like thirteen rounds or whatever. Yeah, something like that.
0: The, the Marine 7, The Marine Returns. <laughs> no, yeah, he actually, he was the original Marine, actually, in the Marine movies. Yeah,
1: I actually really like that movie. It was a good action it's, it's, movie. It's
0: not bad. I mean, you know, it's it, it's very much in the same school of thought as, like, you know, the olden-timey Stallone movies or the olden-time, you know, Schwarzeneggers. You could, like, if they made that movie today, that's who they'd cast. yeah. And I mean, shit, he's a better actor than the hot dog skinned Hulk Hogan. So there you go. (laughs) Man, dude, there's there's a buddy cop picture right there. Uh, John Cena must team up with his brother Channing Tatum to defeat the evil drug lord played by Hulk Hogan.
1: Uh, John Cena and Michael Serra. Of course. (laughs) <laughs> Team up. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like where this is going. This is this is
0: like we brought back the Pitchet section, people. We used this used to be a segment on the old blood sweat comics, and now we've brought it back here only for movies. <laughs> and then you know they are counseled by their mentor, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> He's like, yeah, John Cena, uh, uh, John C. Riley. I, <laughs> I can help you. Ah. Are, are you okay there, Willem Dafoe? This is how I talk. <laughs> Green Goblin. It sounds like you're having an aneurysm. Now nah, I'm good. Ah, uh, that's a movie. But but what would we call it, though? We need a title. And who will direct? Um, Kevin Smith is attached to direct this project. <laughs> he's just gonna plop the camera down and film what's going on, it'll be great it'll be great <laughs> and then something with German sausage Nazis too, and he'll probably work in a role for his daughter at some point too yeah, there you go that's, that, that's and, then
1: when, and then, then when the movie flops he'll say he's retiring and oh, then really. never actually retire <laughs> Yeah, as,
0: as he tends to do but man, does he love doing those CW shows now, I gotta say that Flash <laughs> episode he did, best thing he's directed in a long time which one did he direct? I can't remember which one he did. Oh, like one of the talkier penultimate ones, but, but it was actually
1: pretty good. Yeah, I know he's doing a Supergirl episode soon. So he is, That he would is. be pretty cool. And yeah. it's called Supergirl Lives.
0: Oh, nice. A nice reference to the script he wrote. That's clever. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, now, what else did we have going on in the news this week? So apparently Stan Lee is going to be filming his next four Marvel movie cameos in bulk. I thought he's already done them. Oh, maybe he already has. Maybe this news is old by the time I put it on here and talked about it.
1: Yeah, I, I thought um, Kevin Feige came out and said he's already filmed the next four. Huh.
0: Well, he's getting up there in age, so I guess he's got to film them all while he can, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's got to. They should just, um, like, 3D capture him or something.
0: Yes, like Tupac. Please be sure to get the spirit of Stan Lee in the machine so even when he passes away, we can continue to put him in things to make it like he's not dead at all. <laughs> just get a wax sculpture of Stanley, like a really lifelike one, and just you know have the guys from Industrial
1: Light and Magic puppeteer it. Go to the Stan Winston School of Special Effects and get them to make like an animatronic Stanley.
0: <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be feeling really embarrassed when we find out, like four years from now, that Stanley has actually been dead for the last decade, and it has been <laughs> holograms and robots and stand-ins. <laughs> and someone was on to it and that's why he can't do comic conventions anymore because we were getting too close They almost, we almost figured it out <laughs> where it's like ah oh, sorry you know Stan the, the, the technology it's just not there yet we can't let Robo Stan out in public again he's gonna malfunction and start choking people <laughs> I like this theory uh, but yeah so that's interesting more power to him uh, next up on the docket, we have the unfinished Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, gets a ninth issue.
1: <laughs> and the internet let out a uh, collective,
0: eh. A collective fart, and like not like a good fart too, like a funny one, like a big, long, wet, <laughs> when they heard the news.
1: I I like when when it was announced – I think it was Brian Nozzarello or someone uh, who's in writing it or involved in it said like there's just two little issues for it to be contained in only eight Mm. issues. It needed that extra one. I'm like, did
0: it really? Did it really? The (laughs) irony being the last issue they came out with, Batman and Superman, already defeated the evil rogue Kryptonians and it already
1: felt like the book was over anyway. (laughs) yes yeah, so what the fuck's the story gonna be i bet they're going back to the end oh well, they defeated the kryptonians but now batman has to defeat the last kryptonian of superman course. again and of it just becomes a rehash of dark knight right uh that returns is as if the book wasn't already a big rehash of those
0: things yeah remember in dark knight 3 because i'm sure plenty of you have already forgotten because <laughs> it's been so long ago remember when angry curmudgeonly batman destroyed the internet yeah that's a thing from that book everyone in case you forgot batman destroyed the internet he's like maybe this will get the goddamn kids to get their noses out of their fucking phones and then they'll pay attention to the goddamn aliens that was was actual azarello dialogue there too
1: but like what, what i don't understand about that is like okay so everyone's on like social media and everything so like wouldn't someone have actually noticed it and posted it on social exactly. media?
0: Exactly. I'm sure there'd be a <laughs> ton of hashtags right there. Hashtag Kryptonian invasion. Hashtag, you know, 10 things you didn't realize about this Kryptonian invasion.
1: Yeah, doesn't it, like, also show you, like, how out of touch Azarello and Miller are? Mm-hmm. The kids they, on the internet, they're only looking at the cat pictures and the Donald Trump videos. And... Yeah, really. But,
0: oh, man, those cat Trump videos are hilarious, though. <laughs> Dude, my vote is going to ride in candidate Cat Trump. <laughs> he's just like
1: he's just like a cat, but only he has Donald Trump hair. <laughs> and goes on Twitter rants at three AM in the morning about sex tapes. He sure does.
0: Oh God, they might elect that man. <laughs> They're dangerously close to giving that man the nuclear launch codes, Matt, as two, as two foreigners who, you know, are, you know, allied with America. D- doesn't that just help you sleep at night knowing that?
1: I just find it so
0: fucking hilarious. I'm really glad that I'm going to America in October And I'll miss November, and I'll miss the election, because if it was after that, I'd be kind of afraid to go to America, because I'm like, look, shit could go down at any moment. (laughs) The shit could go down, the revolution could be on, and I wouldn't even know. (laughs) And thus they swore in Supreme Chancellor Trump. Wait, what?
1: <laughs> His first order of business is to create a grand army.
0: <laughs> the greatest army that the galaxy has ever seen. <laughs> and then he said he will squash the Rebel Alliance. What? <laughs> <laughs> and make the galaxy great again. He's building a Death Star. What? <laughs> where Where was that in any of the promo packages? also he has a weird squishy monster face what (laughs) i mean before he looked like a cheeto but he wiped the orange stuff away and now he just has a puffy monster face (laughs) he's just sitting up there at the inauguration good 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 (laughs) and from that very intelligent political tirade we move on to another piece of news uh, hey, apparently Sam Neill is going to be joining the cast of Thor Ragnarok. That means we've got basically everyone from Jurassic Park now in Thor. Awesome. Yeah, that's really all I can say. We don't know who he's playing yet. I imagine it would be a smaller cameo.
1: Yeah, it probably will be a cameo because he just he just finished working on that Hunt for the Wilderpeople with uh, Tika Atiti. So he probably just offered him a role of some small thing. He'd probably play, like, an Asgardian or something.
0: That'd be cool. I could see him being, like, uh, like, buddies of, uh, Sarsgard's character.
1: Yeah. Oh, is is he in it? Is Sarsgard is in it? Is he? I don't
0: know. I, 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 I mean, I don't think, I mean, we heard that the, that the ladies weren't coming back at all for, this is gonna be a bro picture with the bros, but, I mean, Sarsgard's
1: a bro. He could show up. It's possible. I know he's not gonna spend a lot of time on Earth, cause they only filmed, like, a bunch of stuff in, like, in like my city for, for um New York and that was it. I did. So that
0: that that had to make you feel good, right? Yep. <laughs> Be like, man, I'm so close to Thor I could touch him right now.
1: I was so close to him, I was across a river from them while they were filming. <laughs> I just imagine Matt sitting there with his telescope being like soon, soon. Almost, almost I was working so I couldn't do anything oh, about it. That <laughs> sucks.
0: Uh, I'm looking at his IMDb right now. No, apparently no. I guess he's not going to be in. A... Yeah, he's not going to be in the the new Thor movie.
1: Yeah, they they probably decided to get rid of them just because like that that was like the one complaint about all these Thor films. They spent too much time on Earth with these people who say mew mew and whatnot and all these weirdos. I I wouldn't say Starsguard
0: was part of the problem, but yeah, I, I can agree with that. That in the Thor movies, even the sidekicks
1: had sidekicks
0: yep <laughs> i'll admit that's kind and of and that hilarious.
1: sidekick got a sidekick in the second one i
0: know right <laughs> i know look i i have nothing i have nothing against kat dennings but she got really grating there near
1: the end of the dark world i don't know what their their deal with her character was in those films
0: again someone like me must have really had a crush on her and been like no 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 we need to bring her back though because she's just adorable <laughs> <laughs> look, I'll take her out, I'll film some stuff on my camera. You don't have to put it in the movie or anything. I just They should I just... have just made her,
1: like, an incompetent S.H.I.E.L.D. agent or something. Ah, that'd be funny. Like a fangirl or something. I'd like that. That'd be fun. There's a lot of that going on in comics
0: these days with uh, heroes and important characters who are also fans of things. Yeah. I'd like that. Uh, so what else do we got going on here? Just some just some real short stuff here. Uh, in Brooklyn this year, they're going to be hosting the first ever Jewish Comic-Con. That's interesting.
1: That's, well, what's going to make it uh, Jewish?
0: Uh, it's Jewish-centered. They've got a bunch of different, you know, speakers and people running it. It makes a lot of sense when we stop and consider, you know, the contributions that the Jewish community has given to comics. Some of the greatest writers and creators have been, of Jewish ancestry or of Jewish faith. So I think it's interesting that they're actually uh, kind of making one focused on, you know, Jewish, uh, Jewish issues and everything. They got a bunch of different writers and artists together for panels. So, hey, if you're in the Brooklyn area, there you go.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: that's all right. Uh, another kind of small one here, Tom Hardy is apparently going to be joining Warren Ellis's Red as a TV show project.
1: Red, was this... The one – no, this wasn't the one that um that Bruce Willis's movies it's were that based one. on. With it. It's that is one. It? Yeah. It is, is it? Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're doing a reboot of it. I actually like those movies. Those movies are pretty cool. See, see the first
0: one didn't do it for me, and I never saw the second one.
1: I, I liked them both um for, like, some of the action scenes and some of mm. the stuff they were doing. Uh, uh, the second one, I'm trying to remember what it was about. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: But I know it had, like, John Malkovich in those movies is amazing. I did you
0: like just... Malkovich. M- making Malkovich, like, an aged Jack Bauer, Jason Bourne type super spy, that was a funny idea. Seeing Helen Mirren as, like, an aged Angelina Jolie femme fatale shooting machine guns, that was fun.
1: Yeah, that that, that was pretty good. And then there's just Bruce Willis. Just Bruce Willis, <laughs> basically p- playing Bruce Willis.
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's the news, everybody. You know, hey, we got to talk for 40 minutes about that one. That's not too bad. And uh, I guess with that, we can shift gears and talk about Luke Cage, uh, the brand-new Marvel Netflix show. This will be a spoiler-filled discussion. So if you haven't seen the show yet, you should probably check out right about now. But, you know, be sure to save this one for later. After you've watched
1: the show, you can come back and listen to this one. Uh, Matt, I guess I'll let you start. Um... Where to begin? This I, I really enjoyed this show. I really liked it. I, I did think it kind of felt sped up a little bit Really, see, in I terms thought, of plot. See, I thought it dragged in the
0: middle for a long period of time only to kick in right at the end. Because there's a point in this show where essentially they could easily have made it at the end and then they kept going. Yeah, right. Like with the, with, I'll just come out and say it right now because we're in the spoiler portion. When they killed Cottonmouth so early on, I'm like, oh, this, this feels like this should be at the end of the season. Oh, but they're still going to keep going?
1: You know, I kind of felt it sped up, especially in that third episode where Cottonmouth actually attacks... Luke Cage and blows up that building with he's a in goddamn and goddamn rocket that,
0: launcher that
1: felt like something that should have been like episode 6 like middle of the show sort mm. of thing after, he's, after Luke's done a little bit more
0: mm. yeah I mean the Marvel shows as we know them have really experimented and played around with pacing you know Daredevil season 1 was a big long movie Daredevil season 2 portioned it's episode out in you know arc form kind of like the comics and Jessica Jones was paced more like a traditional TV show with starts and stop points and episodes that kind of stood on their own which is kind of why jessica jones i still hold up as maybe my favorite because it does that luke cage in many ways and you can agree or disagree with me on this one matt kind of returns to daredevil season one style of storytelling and that is it's one big long movie
1: yeah it it really is if you if you were to watch these in like if someone like cut them all together it would be one long movie you have like a beginning then like midway through you sort of go back and there's flashbacks with the origin and then it cut, continues on until we get to the end part with cottonmouth
0: yeah yeah i mean in many ways too it also hits all the points of like a classic action movie type thing where, you know, you got a guy with, you know, super, you know, you know he's got powers and everything, but he swore never to use them again until he must use them to defend his community from a evil force, but oh, but is he right to, is he wrong to? In many ways, you know, when you look at Luke Cage as a series, it might actually be the most traditional superhero story they've done in Marvel today, because you gotta figure... In Daredevil, when we join him, he's already decided to be a hero. He's already made that choice. Jessica Jones completely denies being a hero, especially being a superhero for pretty much the entirety of her show. Luke is the first one where we kind of get to see that A to B, you know, well, I have these powers. Should I do good? Well, is it right for me to do that? What would the repercussions be to finally at the end being like, yes, I will be a hero and I will defend Harlem?
1: Yeah, it's more of the the, the classic superhero sort of thing. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the big revelation from this show and the thing that I liked the most uh, on this one, and I didn't think I'd end up liking it as much as I did, Misty Knight fucking owns in this show. Oh,
1: she was absolutely incredible in this show.
0: She like here, like it's funny in a lot of these marvel shows you always seem to have one character who steals it be it vincent d'onofrio in daredevil season one the punisher in season two uh what is it the purple man luke cage was stolen not by a villain but stolen by a supporting character in misty knight they nail her character and the sassy back and forth she has with pretty much everyone perfectly
1: yeah and like with me, like I'm not really too familiar with all of Luke Cage's stuff. Like, I know his origin and everything, and I've only read him in uh, like books where he's like teamed up with like Spider Man or like right, been in right. part of the Avengers or something. But it was really great how they did all these characters in this show. They were really easily accessible, and you, you didn't need to read, like, oh, she, she, you know, dresses like this or talks about this because it happened in this arc or mm-hmm. something. You know, it was all pretty generalized and everything.
0: Well, you know, it's funny. Luke Cage, probably more than any other Marvel show, too, has more characters from the comics per square inch than any other one before. And honestly, Luke Cage seemed to not really give a fuck if you got the references or not, which there was something kind of admirable about that where, you know, Daredevil and Jessica Jones may have stopped and winked and been like, hey, this is important. Maybe you should Google this. Luke Cage just kind of ran with it yeah 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 and uh like again to bring it back to the villain thing there i mean pretty much every marvel netflix series we've seen so far has had like the one strong breakout villain luke cage goes another way completely and it has like five smaller villains throughout the whole thing
1: yeah all the villains in this whether it was shade cottonmouth diamondback um mariah like Mm. they were all amazing in their own way Uh,
0: And I mean, that's got to be a rough thing to do for Luke Cage, because he does not have a good rogues gallery. He has guys like Disco Devil and Cockroach (laughs) Hamilton. So the fact that they were able to hammer something out of these characters is, you know, it's a pretty interesting feat. You got to say, I was a big fan of Shades myself. He was probably my favorite. I'm a big fan. Theo Rossi fan I loved him as Juice on Sons of Anakin I think he really shows what a good actor he is in uh, in this uh show
1: yeah oh yeah he was absolutely amazing in this
0: he was real good I mean in, in many ways I mean heck he again spoilers he survived to the end him and Mariah so I guess they ended up being the real villainous winners out of this thing
1: Yeah, and uh, I imagine, and also Diamondback survived as well, and he was being experimented Mm. on by that Doctor who gave Luke his powers. Right. So I imagine he'll probably come back into Defenders or something. Possibly. Uh, speaking of Diamond back there, uh, one of the other interesting things
0: about Luke Cage is, you know, in all those other Netflix shows, there was a big kind of like, you know, uh, feeling of anticipation to where it's like, oh, are they going to finally get to the costume? You know, when are they finally going to put on the costume? Luke Cage is different because they give it to you quite early on. They pay homage to the costume and then never look back because traditionally Luke Cage doesn't wear a costume in the
1: comics. And he even references it when he like puts on the yellow shirt and he's still got the bands and the headband on and everything. He's like, yeah, I look like a damn fool.
0: Even uh, even the name Power Man, they call him Power Man several times in the show. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciated that. I thought it was a nice touch. I mean, you know, we're talking about everyone else. I guess we should talk about Luke himself. Mike Coulter, we already knew he was great from Jessica Jones. He has this kind of rugged strength but also this you know uh, comforting warmth to him. And honestly, and, and again, you know, you can have your two cents on this one, Matt. I think he did some of his best acting when he didn't speak at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, he does uh, that really great, strong, silent type mm. sort of thing, Very and Western. the way he moves and everything. Yeah, yeah. And w- what I really liked about it is the range he had. He had obviously the Luke in the present time, which was kind of reserved mm-hmm. and kind of quiet, kept to himself. And we had the Luke in Seagate, who was kind of a bit more open and and defiant like kind oh, yeah. of bad guy sort of thing they,
0: they pay homage to the afro which i like luke cage had an afro at some point in this
1: yeah that was there, pretty cool
0: there were many great afros on this show actually again i don't compliment hair and makeup people very much but they did a good job they did they did they did a real good job here. i mean a uh, harlem is a character in this show, too, and they bring up a lot of, you know, Harlem, New York, uh, civil rights history that I didn't know, and I f- definitely feel I walked away from this show slightly more educated.
1: Yeah, no, as I said in my review, I I, I didn't know how they were going to go for it because I knew they were going to do, like, the whole sort of, like, civil rights-y sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know, Harlem is a black neighborhood and everything, and I thought, like, maybe for people like me and maybe yourself who aren't, like have been to new york or lived there living like the city that sort of thing the international
0: audience yeah
1: yeah we might feel alienated but we didn't they explained it really well and as you said we come off knowing a bit more than we did going in
0: now the show educates and entertains now it's funny one reference about you know like civil rights leaders that actually uh made me laugh and actually kind of surprised me twice in the show they mention a man named jeffrey canada and I laugh because I'm like, <laughs> Canada, that's where I'm from. Then I Google the guy just for, you know, shits and giggles. And I'm like, oh, wait, I actually know this guy. Jeffrey Canada was in that great documentary called Waiting for Superman where he talks about how broken the American school system is. He's that guy. He's the guy who's leading, like, school reform in, like, nice. New York today. Like, he's a guy who's alive today. Awesome. Yeah, speaking of real people... Freaking Method Man of the Wu
1: Tang. That that was so awesome.
0: (laughs) That might be one of the best cameos they've ever done in Marvel anything. And not only does he show up for a funny scene, he ends up becoming integral to the rest of the show because he writes a Luke Cage ballad.
1: Yeah, and it's an actual song that you can listen to on Spotify. Mm -hmm. It just got released, and I'm
0: like, you know what, Iron Man, Captain America, I love you. But you don't have a rap song written about you, do you?
1: <laughs> the music in this is as well is really okay. awesome. Like the orchestral score and everything is really like that 70s blaxploitation, revenge film sort of score. Oh, yeah. They got rap. They got R&B. They got soul and
0: jazz. And they have a perfect way to work it into the show, too, because, you know, Harlem Paradise Cottonmouth's Club is always auditioning and always having shows with live music. So they have like a good excuse to have that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really great how they worked that in. And, they, of course, it's like the music is a big part of their culture as well mm-hmm. in Harlem and everything.
0: Talking about the arts and everything that they make there, travel all around the world, even if their people don't. And it's interesting, you know, uh, uh, Mariah, or Black Mariah, as she's called in the comics, Her uh, her whole goal of this I found interesting. She's like, you know, keep Harlem black, keep Harlem proud you know, you know, keep all of the things intact that we like about it. I liked that what she was trying to do there ran completely uh, in the opposite direction of what Fisk was trying to do to Hell's Kitchen, where Fisk was like, no, tear it down, gentrify it, you know, I want to take revenge on the or you know, on the city and town that hurt me and everything. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of an interesting thing to see a villain kind of go in the opposite direction.
1: Yeah, and and since, like, they both sort of survive and kind of got away, it makes me think maybe they'll come to blows a little later on, maybe. That'd be really interesting.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, Fisk is going to get out of jail, and when he does, he's going to try and take back all his territory. And if Black Mariah has become, like, a new crime boss, that would be a cool fight for them to have.
1: Yeah, and and she would actually have a lot of power because she kind of ended the series, like, vilified and, like, better off than when she was before and she's becoming like politically connected and everything and
0: yeah and all the other bosses are dead so you know that helps yeah that always helps killing all the other bosses (laughs) it's funny they mentioned so much real history in harlem the one thing i'm shocked that they didn't mention uh is the time that the hulk totally messed up uh totally messed up harlem i'm surprised that didn't get brought up in conversation
1: Oh, right. They, they always mention the incident and everything, and um, I, I imagine that because that happened beforehand like years before, maybe – and then, then this alien attack started. Maybe that that's more fresh in the minds of people or something.
0: No, no, no one remembers the – what is it? The uh, Twin Towers bombings. Everyone remembers nine eleven. <laughs> also, man, I love too that there's a guy on the street just selling bootleg video of the alien <laughs> attack and the Avengers fight with it.
1: I like that. the The only problem I had was like, how did this guy get hold of a, a red camera? Because they're they're like twenty grand, and you got to buy all the parts for it separately, which run you another twenty grand. And I'm like, how does he expect to like film something like that to happen? Especially when it takes like half an hour to put the camera together. Uh-
0: Well, you know, there's no right way to answer this question, Matt, without sounding vaguely racist. Either he hustled a lot of good DVDs (laughs) on the street corner, or he stole it, and now I sound like an asshole. Thank you,
1: Matt. It's 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 okay. People were telling me that on Twitter as well. I was like, "You probably stole it." I'm like, "That's
0: kind of (laughs) racist." That's kind of racist. Everybody, that's uncomfortable. Now, again, you know, as you mentioned, you know, uh, race relations and civil rights and everything, you know, I, I think one of the things I like about these Marvel shows is that they've all pushed the envelope in a different way. You know, Daredevil pushed the envelope on violence. Jessica Jones pushed the envelope on, you know, like sex and everything. Uh, Luke Cage, you would think, would push, the, you know, race and civil rights thing much harder than it does. Honestly, you know, they'll go episodes and episodes without reminding you about it. It's really only at the end of... Do they uh, really push it? And even then, they you know make a conceited effort to show both sides of it, which I think is kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I guess they didn't want to like oversaturate it because I guess not. I because people would say like, yeah, we get it, we get it. You know, civil rights and everything, so it's good and everything. But yeah, I I can see them not wanting to push it too much Me- and make sour people on it i guess
0: and i guess too making luke cage like a fuck the police style hero might have been cliche in its own way in fact in what is easily the biggest deviation from the comics like ever in probably anything marvel has done yes including the mandarin including everything else they say luke either trained to be a cop or was a cop before going to jail
1: yeah, yeah, he was a cop. Also, didn't someone re- say like he was part of the Marines or something? He says or? that
0: later when he ties up. Uh, yeah. When he ties up Misty Knight's arm, that's a pretty gigantic uh, deviation from the comics. I didn't know how I felt about that for the majority of the show. I still don't really yeah. know how I feel.
1: Well, really, as well, like, do we do we actually think he was a cop? Because remember that was when he was Carl Lucas, and he was trying to get rid of the Carl Lucas. Mm. You didn't. You don't know what was real or not, sort of thing. So maybe, right. maybe it wasn't real. Maybe it wasn't. Mm. Maybe it was just something made up to make him seem evil or something.
0: I guess th- they also kind of gloss over, you know, the whole frame up in the first place. I assumed that like the majority of the show would focus on the actual frame up, but they kind of dispensed with it pretty quickly and pretty early.
1: Yeah, yeah, that the uh, Diamondback sort of framing him for like killing cops and whatnot it's kind of done really quickly and yeah as you said not a lot of build-up or anything
0: which is shocking because you know like again i i can only go like well you know if i wrote it i would have written it like this and uh, they also downplay well i mean they i mean they don't mention it at all the fact that you know luke in the comics was in a gang and all those guys shade striker and comanche who is mentioned but never actually seen those guys were all members of his gang and when Luke wanted to leave and be with his wife Reva, they betrayed him, planted some heroin on him, and he got sent to jail. I'm really surprised that they didn't go with that story.
1: Yeah, no, well they they sort of deviated from that where they see that him and Cotton him and Diamondback grew up and they're technically brothers.
0: Yeah, wow, that's another one I didn't see coming.
1: And um he ends up meeting Shade in prison and mm-hmm. Shade ends up being like the guy who tries to like shiv him and yep. and, and attack him and everything because of that stupid guard and everything. Racko um, is a character from the comics. Yeah. I, I was looking like that guy looks really familiar and I'm wondering if maybe he was in that one shot. Oh, because uh, remember that 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 one shot was in the Seagate. with the I, I'm Mandarin just, and the guy Justin looks Hammer. really familiar. The guy looks really familiar. Hammer also plays a big part in this, even though he's not in it.
0: Another one I was not expecting. I think that's so awesome that instead of trading Stark Tech weapons back and forth, they were trading Hammer Tech back, weapons back and forth.
1: And it makes sense, because Stark doesn't make weapons anymore, and Hammer is just like, I don't give a fuck who I sell to, it's as long true. as I'm making money.
0: <laughs> it's true, I like that, and it also, you know, uh, because of what we know about Justin Hammer and Hammer Tech is that, you know, he builds ugly shit that doesn't work the way it's supposed to. That also makes me like the ending better when Stryker puts on that suit that he puts on, and I'm like, ooh, that doesn't look good, but then I'm reminded, oh yeah, Hammer built it, so of course it looks ugly. <laughs>
1: Well, the thing is, the suit actually looks like how he looks in the comics. It's like that green with like that yellow yeah, he's, he, he's thingy. Got, and the only thing that was different was the helmet. And I think they had the helmet to make him look a bit more like a snake. Like
0: a snake, yeah. Because in the comics, Diamondback is like a weird, freaky snake man. In fact, so is Cottonmouth. So Luke Cage is like two weird snake man villains. What's that? What? Yeah. <laughs> so talk about a lack of creativity on that one. Uh, Like, I enjoyed Diamondback, even if I felt he was like Harlem Joker for a good part of, like, his tenure. Oh, yeah, he he hammed it up. Oh, God, yes, he did. He, like, Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction would look at him reading from the Bible and go, like, dude, calm it down a little bit. But
1: uh, what I really liked is how they sort of they didn't introduce him straight off in episode one. It took like four or five eps for him to actually show up. He was sort of like the boss everyone talked about. Shade was working for him and was sent to you know, look out for Cottonmouth and everything. And they'd reference him as like, he's not going to be happy about this and everything. And then he just shows up and starts laying down the law. <laughs>
0: And then even when you see him, you don't know who he is. I thought he was yeah. Comanche at first. I'm like, okay, you know, here comes Comanche. Here's the last member of the of the old uh, Luke Cage gang. But I'm like, oh no, that that actually is Diamondback. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah, because so, so, like I'm not familiar with like all of Luke Cage's bad guys or like people related to him and everything. I just thought it might have been like one of those like assassins they hire. That's mm-hmm. sort of like a, like a heavy, and it takes Luke Cage a while to beat him. Right. Uh, But yeah,
0: I was going to say, speaking of beating Luke Cage, that, you know, took up a good chunk of story time in like the show as well. And that is, you know, how how does a guy who is super strong with bulletproof skin fight? And also, you know, how how do you make that action interesting with a character who is more or less invulnerable? And I think they found some interesting ways to deal with it.
1: I love the way he sort of fought guys, how he just like sort of swatted them. It's true. And it would like knock them out and everything is amazing.
0: I love that. It's like I don't have to fight good because I just need to give you a strong slap on the head and you'll basically be knocked out. And because I only really operate in Harlem, people know me by name and when they see me come and they run the other way.
1: Yeah, like those guys he was uh, who was selling guns, and he just like turned up, and they all just took off.
0: Mm-hmm. That was that was pretty great. Also, hey, Turk Barrett shows up from the Daredevil show. That's a nice touch.
1: It was amazing, and I was just waiting for him to get his nose broken mm. or a, a limb broken or something, but it didn't happen. He just got locked in a dumpster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I like at the end, he's like, "Man, I'm not coming to this part of town anymore."
1: Yeah, I'm coming I'm coming back to Hell's Kitchen where it's normal.
0: Yeah, I mean, geez, Daredevil just breaks my nose, but Jesus, this is you you guys are you guys play too rough here in Harlem. <laughs> I mean, uh, and speaking to a cameo as well, we're on it. We got some minor ones and some non-minor ones. Uh Trish Trish Walker Hellcat actually shows up being like one of the talking heads talking about Luke Cage. I thought that was a nice touch.
1: Yeah, that was really interesting when you can when you start hearing her voice and everything else seeing that she's still doing a show Trish you. Talks or something, whatever it was. Yeah, it was Trish Talks. She
0: shows up, but Jessica Jones doesn't. Jessica Jones gets mentioned, but we don't see Jess again.
1: Yeah, that was really strange, especially after their sort of relationship they had in her series. And how big a part of her show Luke Cage actually was. you think,
0: you know, they'd pay it forward and have her show up here.
1: Yeah, I did like, however, how Claire turned up. I like her introduction, how she gets off the train, gets robbed, Mm -hmm. chases down the guy and beats the shit out of him. Oh
0: yeah, I mean, Claire, uh, Claire the Night Nurse, this this is the biggest role she's ever had in anything. She is a regular supporting character in Luke Cage, not a cameo, and in fact, we pretty much get to see her become the Night Nurse in this.
1: Yeah, she actually says like I I kind of want to just do this and sort of help powered people with abilities and everything. Mm-hmm. And that was I, really cool. And I guess that sets her up for the defenders.
0: Yeah, she she's good at it. And more than the fact that she's good at it, she's actually creating like a new kind of science and like a new kind of healthcare to take care of people with super abilities.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially during like the scenes where she had to go help Luke after he got shot twice with those Jatari weapons mm-hmm. from Hammer. Which is another
0: great callback. Here's my thing, because, you know, Pop's barber shop kept getting destroyed. Do you think they're going to rebuild that as the Heroes for Hire building, or do you think they're going to rebuild that as the Night Nurse's office?
1: Uh, I don't know. Maybe Heroes for Hire. I was thinking maybe they'll, they'll play it into the Defenders a little bit, since that's where sort of Luke is sort of based out of, mm-hmm. and that they might, like, head over there and sort of talk it out and everything and use that as like a defender's base maybe
0: i'd like that be like hey you know the the other guys have a tower we have a barber shop <laughs> but hey we get our hair cut for free while we're here does tony stark get his hair cut for free at his fancy tower <laughs>
1: didn't think so yeah just don't swear you gotta put a dollar on the sh- swear dogs. jar
0: i love that about luke cage where you know I-, I think that's a beautiful thing to differentiating him from all the other marvel heroes where so many of the other ones are, like, you know, slick and cool and, you know, like, snarky. I know that's a big thing where it's like, you know, why are all these Marvel heroes snarky? They're not afraid to let Luke be corny, and they're not afraid to let his jokes be groaners,
1: and I appreciated that. Yeah, and, and Night Nurse actually calls him out on it. Oh, no, no um, Misty as well calls him out on it as well. It's like, that was corny. Mm-hmm.
0: You're corny, man. <laughs> so corny. But he's corny in a fun way, too. It's like he's like he's filled with your dad jokes. <laughs> oh, Luke, we love your dad, Joe. <laughs> now be sure to get eight hours of sleep and drink plenty of water. Uh, I, I mean, really, what else is there to say? But again, I complained about the pacing there before. Like again, I, I swear it felt like they put two seasons worth of stuff in one show. Where it's like, as soon as Cottonmouth died, where it's like, well, well, that's your ending, right? And I kind of, what is it? Like wandered around aimlessly in the show until uh, – until pretty much until like around you know the stuff with uh, Diamondback and eventually uh, Method Man. True, I'm like, OK, I'm back in and then it pushes to the finale.
1: Yeah, yeah. I did however like the stuff like the – I think it was the, the fourth episode where we were trapped in the rubble where he, we got like the flashback to him in prison and that was good. sort of his orig- origins and then when he goes and sees that doctor – Uh, Him and uh, Night Nurse go see that doctor and they try and fix him and everything with that acid bath. I thought that was pretty cool. That
0: acid bath was fucking horrifying. Like, that actually made me uncomfortable watching that. Because it's like, hey, kids, what's worse than acid? Boiling hot acid. (laughs) To burn off your skin so we can cut into you with these knives.
1: Yeah, so that looks pretty funny. As I said before, the doctor survives and so does diamondback and they sort of working with each other so i imagine i imagine the next time we see diamondback he'll probably look more like a snake like maybe something will go wrong in the thing and they bathe him in the acid and it scars his skin and turns it sort of scaly or something
0: they uh, they had such a hard run i'm sure with these luke cage villains because much like him most of them were just guys in suits and even the, yeah. big, even the big plan, even the big thing that pushed Luke Cage was like, you know, I don't want to save the city, I don't want to, you know, save the world. The whole big crux of Luke Cage's show was like, I, I want to clear my name. Yeah, yeah. To which I'm sure to some people will seem like a big, you know, kind of step down in stakes, but I mean, you know, I,
1: I thought it worked for Luke yeah also the series doesn't end on like kind of a high note it ends with him going off to jail because in the end he did still break out of jail Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it it ends yeah you're right matt i never considered that it ends on a real downer actually
1: yeah and the villain gets away the um mariah gets away and uh uh, i hated her in that last episode she was so smug oh
0: god she was oh yeah she was you love to hate her for sure I was
1: hoping, come on, Luke, throw her out a window, please. <laughs> come on,
0: Luke, punch her just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> just one little punch, you know you want it, you know you want it. Uh, anything else to cover on this one, or do you, you think we said it all at this point? I think we've pretty much said it all. Okay, t- tell you what now, t- to finish her off, let's uh, let's try and rank these, because I think I might surprise people with uh, with my rankings, my own personal rankings jessica jones i think is still probably my favorite only because i think it works better on an episode to episode basis i'm i'm very much about that you know pacing and episodes being able to stand on their own i know that's weird for netflix and especially for these marvel shows where they assume you're going to binge watch them anyway i would go jessica jones uh daredevil season two just slightly under that and then probably with them I would put Daredevil Season One and Luke Cage more or less on the same field,
1: I would say. I'd I'd go I'd go Daredevil Season One as my number one pick. Oh oh that's still your favorite, okay. Yeah, I, I really like what they did with that show. Very it was strong. the first one. And uh I'd probably I would probably i Jessica Jones and Daredevil Season Two are sort of like tied for me for second. Uh, I really like both of them, but for completely different reasons. Mm. Um and then yeah Luke Cage coming in at the end there.
0: Yeah, okay. It so, was it was
1: a strong show but it but yeah, it, just the other two uh, I thought slightly bit better. A
0: little better. Yeah, I mean like here's the thing too, like I think I mean Luke Cage is clearly already finding an audience and in fact I think it might actually be one of those shows that breaks barriers and finds fans, you know, outside the realm of comic books and I think for that it's really good and also they left themselves a lot of places to go for season two of Luke Cage. And I mean, I think a lot of these shows are going to be on for a while. So, I mean, you know, I definitely want to come back to this world and its characters and want to see what's up.
1: Yeah. Do you think they'll do a season two or do you think they'll go iron fist and then season two of both iron fist and Luke Cage will just be heroes for hire? Oh, I'd be fine with that too. You know what else? I would be
0: as well. You know what else? I'm fine with Misty Knight in that red dress in the final shot, which is just her costume. It's funny, they tease her losing an arm but she doesn't. They even joke like, oh, if you don't get that looked at, you're gonna lose that arm, Misty. And I'm like, yes, lose the arm, lose it. <laughs> Which I never thought I'd be rooting for someone to lose an arm, but yes, lose it so you can get a sick-ass robot hand like Luke Skywalker.
1: I'm surprised they didn't to keep up with that whole MCU thing of people losing arms in Phase 2.
0: You, well, you know, here, here's the... Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Everyone did lose an arm. You're right. You know, yeah. You, you know what I think it is? I think Excuse me, because in the comics it's uh, Tony Stark and Stark Tech who builds her the robot arm. Maybe because they couldn't do anything with Robert Downey Jr. directly. Although honestly, I would be fine if her arm turned out to be Hammer Tech. That'd be fine.
1: <laughs> or, or they could just like um, like somehow steal like an Iron Man gauntlet or something, or like they and just put they it on the nub of her arm. Steal something. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> just put it on the nub. Here you go, Misty. Now you're even more cool now you can blast people
1: well they get one of like colson's hand like the the, the schematics for colson's hand I, leaks. Totally,
0: I totally forgot about that why why should she have a cool robotic hand when colson already has a great cool robotic
1: hand? just borrow one of his
0: <laughs> Ooh, uh, speaking of uh, misty knight too as we're back again on that subject uh the guy who plays her partner scarf who is actually a character from the comics Uh, because the showrunner on this show also worked on ray donovan that's the slimy fbi guy from season one of ray donovan did you catch that
1: i didn't i I liked frank whaley as a character as a actor i think he's great he plays like real like corrupt kind of Mm -hmm. dickhead scumbags and i i'm always like whenever he was on screen i always got reminded of his role in drill bit taylor oh yeah. as like as as the uh, as that bodyguard who who picks a fight with that guy and gets knocked out. he's,
0: he's in the movie for maybe like what, 10 seconds, but he leaves yeah. a mark. You can't forget that actor's face. He has a very specific face. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's really good in this one. You know, he uh, he has a good back and forth with Misty. So good in fact, I was kind of sad when he ended up dying. I'm like, "Oh man, I wanted to g- continue you guys having fun buddy cop stuff."
1: yeah yeah but at the same time you're like this guy's a scumbag this He's guy's go. pretty shitty
0: i i know i wasn't feeling that way in ray donovan when uh when john voight shot him i'm like good good <laughs> fuck you cop whose name completely uh completely goes over my head now speaking of ray donovan and because we've moved into the ray donovan portion of the show that show had what might very well have been its final episode
1: this week really it's not going to come back
0: uh, they they leave it on a happy ending, they could come back and do more, but if they didn't, the show would have ended on a good note if they wanted to leave it here. i got to
1: catch back up on that show.
0: You gotta, you gotta now, this was this was a really strong season. Here's the funny thing, I almost didn't catch the finale, because literally every episode, like the last five episodes they've done, all felt like they could have been season finales. <laughs> That's the sort of show it was where I'm like, oh, I guess that's over then. Oh, no, wait, there's still five more. Oh, I guess it's over then. Oh, no, wait, there's more. <laughs> Honestly, you could have left me on that and I would have been satisfied, guys. <laughs> that's the kind of show it was. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the comic multiverse. Do we have anything else to say about the, about the sweet Christmas that was Luke Cage?
1: Uh, no, really. It was a pretty damn good series, good, solid series of the uh, Netflix Marvel stuff and... I look forward to seeing more.
0: Yeah, I mean, even though it wasn't my favorite, I definitely tore through it quicker than I did Jessica Jones and Daredevil. I'll put it that way. Yep, same. I, I watched it much faster. And, you know, maybe that's something in the show's favor, too, it's more easily digestible than uh, Daredevil or Jessica Jones was because those were some shows that, you know, were dealing with some really brutal, really uncomfortable topics a lot of the time. And at the end of Daredevil and at the end of Jessica Jones episodes, I know I felt kind of physically drained where I'm like, OK, that's enough for tonight. But with Luke Cage, I'm like, yeah, but what's Luke and Misty doing next? I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I-, I had no problem watching like, you know, four to five in a day to get her done. Uh, it's it's funny too. I was expecting, as with everything Marvel related, were you doing this, Matt? Were you like waiting, waiting for the final episode to be like, okay, where's the stinger? Where's the stinger? Where's where's the Iron <laughs> Fist stinger that's gonna come in at the end? I'm actually kind of glad they didn't do that. It's refreshing, but at the same time, too, I'm a I'm a horrible garbage fanboy, and I'm just like, give me give me the things I like, show me things I like, and no, yeah,
1: there, there were Iron Fist references, and there. apparently there was a um. A flyer that Claire looks at that's for martial arts lessons and something, and there was a reference in the flyer to uh, Iron Fist. Oh, I missed that. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Was it like Daughters of the Dragon or Deadly Hands of Kung Fu because they have like a shared history with the Heroes for Hire?
1: I think so. Something like that.
0: That would be cool if they brought in like the Daughters of the Dragon or some shit. To hang out yeah. like that that'd be cool there's a lot of cool places that luke cage could go i mean hell you could even start introducing villains and characters that aren't luke cage related and i would be fine with it because i think that's the sort of show where you could i was reading the new sam wilson captain america today and they have a character in there called rage and rage is an old marvel character do you know rage matt I don't know. He's an angry black man in a lucha mask who looks like he's an adult, but he's actually a teenager. Just, you know, super hyped up on, like, you know, basically basically the same sort of experiments that made Luke Cage into Luke Cage. Oh, okay. I think that would be great. You have Rage show up in season two. You know, he's an angry young man. He's wayward. He has these powers. He doesn't know what to do with himself. And Luke kind of mentors him and becomes, like, what Pops was to him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. That'd be really cool.
0: I could see that really well, being like, you know, Luke, I-, I learned to master my own powers. I was in similar experiments, and now I'll try and help you master your powers.
1: Yeah, that could be really cool.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, and there's like a bunch of even like joke Luke Cage villains you could bring in there, like Discus, a man who throws discs really good.
1: <laughs> well, like, just, just talking about the, the whole mentorship thing, do you think maybe that's going to be Luke's role with like Iron Fist, maybe? I'd like that. That'd be fun. Because he he's, he's, he seems a lot older than um, Iron Fist at the moment, or the the actor who who's going to be portraying Iron Fist. Yeah, than a Sir Loras Tyrell of Game of Thrones. Yeah, so I, maybe it could be like the the mentor to him.
0: I'd like that. You know, there could be. There's a lot of fun directions we can go. And heck, that's the interesting thing of doing a Luke Cage and Iron Fist solo show. That is that you know they have one of the greatest friendships in all of comics. And we'll get to see that in Defenders. We'll get to see them for the first time kind of become friends, and I think that's gonna be really special. It's gonna be amazing. It's you know, pretty much everything Batman and Superman should have been when they met on screen for the first time. Be like, yo, you know, they you know, they disagree but they're friends, man, and that's the coolest part.
1: Yeah, one one's kind of um serious and the other one's kinda of jokey.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. We we could have had that, but uh, we'll, we'll get it here. We'll get it with uh, <laughs> – we'll get it with Power Man and Iron Fist, and I'll be okay with that. Yeah. All right, then. So, uh, yeah, is that it for this week? Oh, hey, you know what, Matt? Well, I got you here because it was a huge episode because we're not quite over time yet, and I want the people to have a good show while I'm away in New York. Uh, did you watch Rebels, uh, the last Rebels? I did, yeah, I did. Dude, fucking Holocron of Fate, man. Was that not the shit? That was so cool. Fucking Maul's back and
1: did you, oh, did you ever amazing. think
0: there would come a time where we're like, man, no, Darth Maul actually is a good villain?
1: <laughs> I don't I was thinking that when I was starting to write my review for it. I was like, I never thought like this character who was in one of the worst Star Wars movies, if not the worst Star Wars movies, would end up being such a compelling and amazing fleshed out character like and it's amazing cuz it took like cartoons and comic books to do that
0: i know right thank god for filoni and his people there to redeem darth maul across all these cartoons he's had an arc from clone wars to here now he's one of the few characters who got to have like a multi-show arc
1: yeah yeah that was it was absolutely amazing also apparently i i I couldn't find anything about this but apparently obi-wan's going to be on this season as well I mean, that's what they were building
0: up to. I mean, the big moment in this episode is that, you know, Ezra and Maul join together, the two holocrons, one of the Sith, one of the Jedi, and because of it, it opens their minds, all 2001 style, and they get to see visions. Ezra says he sees two sons, which, I mean, even if you're just a casual Star Wars fan, you know that has to be a reference to the twin sons on Tatooine. Yep. Yep. What Maul says is a lot more cryptic, and it's something you got to think about. He says, he's alive, he's alive, and he gets all pissed off and runs away. Assumedly, he's talking about Obi-Wan, the man who cut off his legs in the first place.
1: I was thinking he was talking about him, or maybe he was talking about Savage Press,
0: hmm,
1: His brother, yeah. was Because his, his brother Savage? was a... No, his brother got killed by Palpatine, but maybe he's alive somewhere. Cause he was created by the, the witches of Dathomir and yeah. he technically wasn't like an actual Zabrak. It was like a ghost. It was really weird how they did it. They like turned him into some weird ghost sort of thing when they oh, yeah, made him an adult or something. They kept adding shit to his character. Also, I remember, as much as I like the
0: storyline you're mentioning, you know, with Savage, voiced by the great Clancy Brown, it always bugged me in Clone Wars that that was another real George Lucasism, where it's like, you know, we mm-hmm. used to yeah. have uh, Zabrax, and we used to have Dathomarians, but now they're both from the same planet, so now there's Dathomarian Zabrax, and one is the male part of the species, and one is the female part of the species, so we just made took something that was simple and made it complicated.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I liked what they did with the the, uh, the Murians in the Expanded Universe, how they had, like, the witches of Dathomir and everything, and then, yeah, they just decided, oh, we'll combine these two mm-hmm. for some I, reason.
0: For some damn reason. That's such a George idea. It was like, no, you got to put them together, though. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Korriban is called Moraban, But, George, Korriban has been called Korriban for, like, decades now in the Expanded Universe. is Moraban now.
1: You know, I'm I'm actually glad that that's turned because now we don't have the people that say like Nazi old Republican Revan and everything are still canon mm. because because uh, the the name change it's it's completely throwing everything to the wind. <laughs>
0: Ooh, 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 matt throwing that shade on them knights of the old republic fans <laughs> all day every day
1: <laughs> that's a good game but like come on it's, you know it's it's not
0: everything you know <laughs> some people do treat it like it's the end all be all in star Wars. Yeah. i will agree it's very good and in fact shit if Thrawn can be made canon there's no telling what can be made
1: canon again yeah oh we didn't get thrown in this episode
0: no we didn't i like that they're using him sparingly and i like that we kind of have a rotating cast of villains now for rebels
1: yeah but i'm really excited to see where this season's gonna go especially since we're getting i think we're getting pretty close to like the timeline where like rogue one and everything takes place yeah yeah so that's gonna be really interesting man
0: it's gonna be really sad when rebels is over and all these characters have to die because that's the only way the timeline (laughs) will make sense
1: Not really, you know. You know they could always go out into the unknown regions or, like, be... The galaxy is a galaxy, you know, it's a big place. And then the crew of
0: the ghost, you know, followed the first star on to dawn and went to the space between spaces. (laughs) Sure, let's go with that. (laughs) I like, too, the whole uh, tunnel full of spiders was kind of like Ezra's own Tree of Insight moment.
1: That was really cool, and uh, the great master and
0: apprentice moment there. Really good, being like, the Bendu's, uh, my, in my reading of it, the Bendu could have given them the holocron whenever he wanted, but he's like, no, I'm going to test you. You need a team-building exercise.
1: Yeah, it's like Yoda sending Luke into the cave and everything. He could have, like, just told him everything, but mm-hmm. now he's got to test him to make sure he's ready.
0: Which leads to one of the greatest lines in all of cinema, what's in there? Only what you take with you.
1: Yeah, and find out he's not ready. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. People forget that about that scene in Empire. It proves that Luke was not ready. Yeah, Shit, you could argue that Ezra is actually more ready at this age now.
1: All oh, he's doing is like doing shit with the Force that Luke couldn't do. Like he he, he waved that that uh, walker off that bridge in the first episode, and sure did.
0: he could commune he's... with his animal friends using the Force. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, well, as well like he actually had a teacher who's alive and didn't die after like the first training
0: that helps but then it, that helps but then they also make a solid point of saying Kanan is like only half
1: trained himself Yeah, that's true. He's making a lot of the shit up as he goes along.
0: Kanan's like, look, I got the first half of the textbook. We're gonna have to teach each other on the next We're going off
1: book, Ezra. We're going off book.
0: (laughs) Hey, you know what they didn't teach me in Jedi school? Improv. You know what we're gonna learn today? Some improv. (laughs) Uh, uh, Another nice continuity gag, and I'm sure you picked this up too, when Maul's like, ooh, uh, what is it, a a bounty hunter, a Mandalorian. I ruled your planet for a little bit. I'm
1: like, oh shit, yeah, he did. He did, and I, I know the Mandalorians are coming back, so maybe he'll, he'll have a throwdown with them soon as well. I'd love it after like all. Ma- Mandalorians, he ruled as well. I think, um, uh, what was her name? Um, the, the Death woman Voiced by Katie Stackhoff. Um, right. Uh, I'm blanking on her name now, but she was, like, I think in Defiance Against Maul.
0: And wasn't that the woman who they eventually revealed was Sabine's mother? Like, I know she said her mother was in the Death Watch.
1: I think they're stay, still staying coy about that. Like, right. I, think I think it's obviously implied that she, that it is her mother, but um, I think they're just they keeping coy about it for now. Right. I mean,
0: it, it all lines up too perfectly. But yeah, like you said, as we find out in this season, there's a bunch of Mandalorians working for the Empire, and Sabine's like, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah don't do that y'all get fucked boy
1: <laughs> that's her uh katie stakoff's character's name is bo katan mm, very star wars yeah
0: hey speaking of mandalorians didn't they capture like a mandalorian commander and are keeping him prisoner on their ship in exchange for like the mandalorians not attacking rebel fleets i guess they're gonna have to go back to that won't they
1: yeah i guess so
0: yeah they just like captured like a uh, like a clone wars war hero who actually helped out the the good guys, but who now they're keeping hostage because he was being a dick.
1: Yeah, I I imagine I well the the Mandalorians are coming back, so maybe that's what it is. Yeah, they want to bust out their guy.
0: Yeah, I'd like that. Lots of good places that show can go.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited for it.
0: Yeah, well, so we've been going for about an hour 30 now. I hope you all enjoyed the show. Again, as I said, by the time I put this up, I'm already going to be in transit. So, you know, wish me luck if you're going to be in the New York area. Hopefully you can come out and meet me and say hi and everything. I'm very approachable, Matt. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I'm I'm very approachable. You know, just come up to me, you know, at any time, really, no matter what I'm doing. You know, just get right up in my grill and everything, and it's 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 all good. You know, I I am completely fine with all of that. But no, seriously though, come come out and say hi. And if uh, and if you have American cereals that we don't have here in Canada, I'm likely to talk to you even longer. <laughs> I'm not saying I can be easily bought with American cereals, but I can be easily bought with American
1: cereals. Is that what you ask for instead of money? When like, can I can I please get paid in cereal boxes? <laughs> like boxes in... boxes boxes of like Fruit Loops and whatnot. No, no, no. I see. I want the Fruity Pebbles
0: and the Gorilla Munch and the Kooky Crisp and the things that only exist in this country. <laughs> oh God, it's gonna be so weird when I come back through customs and they're like, "What's what's with all the cereal there, son? Are you
1: some sort yeah, of?" just black... duffel bags full of cereal.
0: Are you some sort of black market cereal <laughs> trader? Quick, lift up his shirt. What's he got? I knew he's taped devil dogs to his body
1: <laughs> there's drugs in the cereal <laughs>
0: yo man we, we checked his uh carry-on man was filled with mountain dew black you know that's a class three felony in canada A illegally transporting mountain dew black <laughs> this is banned for a reason son <laughs> y- you mix this together with some rubbing alcohol and you got jet fuel i bet you didn't know that <laughs> That's how volatile Mountain Dew Black is. (laughs) You just add some rubbing alcohol to it and heat it up in a saucepan and boom, rocket fuel. (laughs) That's why they had to defund NASA because they couldn't get any more Mountain Dew Black anymore and on that note everybody i think i'm ready to end the show for this week be sure to like subscribe favorite do all that other social network jazz i want to thank the patrons again because it's the beginning of the month we got paid some patron money uh also if you become a patron you'll be listening to this episode first before anybody i'll be uploading this one tonight for the patrons to listen to it's uh it's monday as we record this so you're actually technically getting it a day late we're actually going back to the time we used to record when matt and i first started this but we changed some stuff around so uh yeah thank you everyone for that uh matt any parting words
1: uh, no thanks. Thanks for listening. Uh, come check out some of my new Superman videos I'm doing. I'm also yes. going to be doing very soon some more uh, audio commentaries with Tom from Comic Book Cast oh, nice. on Superboy. Uh, so keep an eye out for them. That's cool. We
0: got we got to rope him into something Superman related. I know. I said if we ever did like any of the animated Superman ones, like uh, uh, like like Superman versus the Elite, or especially if we did like. Uh, all-Star Superman. We'll definitely have to get Tom in for that one. I know he'd probably jump at that, and we'd love to have him.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, so, you know, keep, uh, keep your eyes out for that in the future the next time there's no news going on. <laughs> also, as far as the show next week, everyone, I'll say this right here and now for everyone, I don't know what's going to happen, because I leave... Wednesday morning, because I gotta go to the city, I then travel all night from like 11.30pm to 11.30am the next day, I'm gonna be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I leave Monday morning, and again, because we usually record the show on Sunday, I'm not gonna be here, so I don't know what's gonna happen, we might record the show late, but I might also be, you know, dead, and to cut down on, you know, weight and everything and shit I gotta worry about while well, in New York, I'm not gonna be bringing my computer, so I'm not gonna be able to get a lot of work done. I'm still gonna have my pad, I'm still gonna be connected to the internet so I can still chat with you all on, like, Twitter and the channel and everything, and I'll be popping my head. And I also really wanna work hard Wednesday morning to make sure that I have a lot of content. I wanna have at least one video every day while I'm gone is my goal. So, uh, yeah, definitely look out for that. I'm telling you now, so, you know, when it comes, like, the next, like, when it comes Wednesday or when (laughs) it comes those days, I don't get a million people asking, hey, Joel, where's the show? Hey, 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 (laughs) Goober, where's the meat? You promised us meat, Goober. (laughs) All right, so on that note, I'm finally ready to end the show. Bye-bye, everybody.
1: See ya.